This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts Podcast with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today, he is an avid surfer and travels the globe searching for great waves. Welcome back, Mad Men's John Slattery. John directed a film starring Philip Seymour Hoffman called God's Pocket, and I hope you rent it or just however you can go get it. Go get it. It's go get good, it. it. You know what? It, we'll wait. Go get it. We'll just sit here. Just get it. <laughs> go get, we'll go come, get it. We'll just have some coffee. God's then. Pocket. And Philip also, Seymour Hoffman was, God bless him, was in it, and, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody, if you turn the camera on, there's, everything he does is is not only usable, you just have to sort of figure out, well, where am I going to, how am I going to use all of this? Uh, yeah, he was pretty extraordinary. I mean, talk about watching an actor going, he played Capote mm-hmm. and he's playing this part and yeah. he did Death of a Salesman. I mean, his range of characters yeah. that he played, the characters who are much older than him at times, characters that have lived lives, you know, so yeah. other than his own upbringing. And I only... Think of this now because God's Pocket, which is this beautiful movie, because Phil died, it it changes the narrative of how that film, what the film's legacy is. And it'll live because of that, too, in yeah. another way that a little indie film might not have the uh, people circling back to it. Uh, yeah, it did get. Uh, it did go sideways in, in many, many ways. Um, I mean, most importantly, the, the loss of, you know. Bill, yeah, uh, just as a human being, um, but yeah, as a film, that is, uh, 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 the lack of you know, it's among other things distracting mm-hmm. when the first person up on the screen has passed, and no one can believe that it's actually happened, and the 
you know, he's the first, the movie opens up and there's his, there he is. And, and, and all you can think of is, Oh my God, he's, he's gone. Right. And, and it's a comedy. Right. So, you know, there goes the funny, you know, it's <laughs> it like, was a comedy. It was right. a dark comedy. Right. right. And it was, now and it's... Phil, he produced it as with me and, and he's such a funny, he was such a funny person. Yeah. I mean, really like obviously a great, you know, person, uh, actor of depth and an artist and, but really funny. And, um, and, and, um, yeah, it wasn't funny anymore. Right. And I have watched it again mm -hmm. and I have to say, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought it was funny. And it <laughs> I never thought you were funny. You're at a moment where it's an exciting time in terms of the kinds of choices you can make. You have been a part of something that few people will ever be a part of, which is a show that because of very specific reasons and the timing of it, just hit a moment culturally. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of heady thing to observe as a friend. And I'm sure it's heady and strange to be a part of it. You know, I feel like you're someone who is really up to the challenge in life of taking on things that you haven't done before, whether it's directing, whether it's having to take your clothes off on camera, whether it's sitting here naked right now to do this yeah. interview. It's I ridiculous. Actually I didn't even ask you up. to, and you are in clogs, yeah. which is ridiculous. Have you ever played a gay person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kissed played a, a man. woman. What's that? Who on, did you on kiss? stage. Dan Butler. Lucky. Lucky me. <laughs> Dan, Lucky if you're out there, you, you smoochy <laughs> bastard, you. Always uh, had nice breath. Banaka. He had whiskers. I remember that was the weird thing. I was like, wow, that, I don't like this whisker thing. Mm -hmm. Done that. Been naked on stage. Been naked, I think in a movie. I don't know. You know, those, the, the, the good thing about being my age is that those days are over. Right. I, do I want to do that? I don't think I would do that anymore. Well, you just were naked recently on Mad Men. I w oh, yeah, I was. Well, not really. I mean, you don't sort of. Oh, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I rewound. <laughs> But, you anyway, know, but, you know, but that's yeah. the least of it. I think people think, I mean, there are things for different people that are scary. You know, Lena Dunham, whether she's nervous about being naked or not, there's less trauma right. in the I world mean, I, now around it. It's not that big it. a deal. But I mean, are there um, things that, have you read anything lately that you'd be like, that's, I don't know if I can go there? I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I haven't, I have, I mean, things, you know, certainly scare me. I mean, I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh my, what am I going to, how am I going to do this? Trump. Donald Trump scares right. the fuck out of me. I can't believe you're stumping for him. That's crazy. Uh, well, that's because it's scary. <laughs> you love because, a winner. You know, I wanna, I, I, I want to challenge myself. So I am going to get Donald Trump elected. Um, Good for you. Are there things that people have told you along the way that stay with you? I had a director once tell me, uh, I said, can I do another take? And he goes, well, yeah, but why? I mean, I said, well, I want to do, I want to, I, I don't know. I wanted to put this thing down in a different way. And he goes, well, you've taken all of the life. You've squeezed all the life out of this thing. Oh. I said, what do you mean? He, he said, there's no, there's no spontaneity in it. It was like the first job. And I, and I was like, well, it was helpful to know that, um, you know, it's to, to do, to practice something and, and, and choreograph it and then, and then do it on film is not interesting at all. Um, if there's no, life in it, spontaneity, you know, humanity right. in it, right. truth, you know, actually right. in the moment. Living, breathing, and yeah, responding. I mean, and, and that's a good thing to learn uh, young. I, I, I was directing a, a young actor and he did this take and then he did it again the same way. And I said, okay, let's do another one. 
and I'm just, I don't know with the note like don't apologize as much I know it, you're actually apologizing mm -hmm. but maybe it should be a little less like you, you don't really want to do this some, something like that and he did it exactly the same way and I said um, and he goes well see the reason I'm apologizing is I said I, well I know why and then you did that already but let's try a different one and then he stops and goes well the reason I and I said wait do you want to do this the same way again you realize there's no point to that right you, we, we have it this way already and and the person you're working with just did it five different ways. Right. But I think people think, well, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to do it one way and that's how I'm going to do it. And it's, it's, it's or antithetical to it, being, doing it on film. Right. But also that's what they did in the audition. Like a lot of times it's like, okay, that's what I did in the audition. And right. that's what they saw. So I'm going to But this was like that. someone who was on this thing for a while. And I was like, oh, you really think that this is how you're supposed to do it. Right. You're supposed to do it one way and then keep doing it that way. So I learned that's not a good idea. Things that people said to me. It's more what people don't say. I mean, I, when I started doing this, the, the, the encouragement I got was that no one told me, this is not for you. Right. Do you know Roger Bart? Yeah. I interviewed him the other day, and he said that when he got out of Mason Gross, you did like mm. the Urdas or like the league auditions where you yeah. kind of, it's your first time stuff, out, yeah. like I'm auditioning professionally and they do you the kindness of sending you like a couple of weeks later, the scribbles that they <laughs> wrote down during your, <laughs> you know, your contemporary and your classical monologue. And to a person, all of them were like, you're terrible. Oh, you should not no do future. this. No future. <laughs> yeah. So... For me, who's really interested in sort of how do you, in the face of adversity or in the face of that kind of yeah. challenge, like, do you hang those on your bedroom wall and every day go, I'll show you? Because that's pretty heady. That doesn't feel great when you're... No, I mean, I, we've all had rejection. I mean, you know, doing this for a long time, you, you, you get rejected for a million reasons. You know, your nose is too big. It's too small. You're, you're too... You're no, yours, it's, everything. it is too big. It is too big. It is too big. <laughs> It is You're actually too big. Um, Are there, you know, is there one that you can think of like the one that got away? And of course it didn't, but at the time that you were like, wow, I thought, geez, uh, I have a terrible memory generally speaking until all of a sudden I'll be, you know, I'll be on the subway in 15 minutes and I'll go. Oh, there was. Fuck. All right. Don't worry. You can call in. <clears throat> I will be interviewing Judy Kuhn next week and you can totally call in. When the one that got, no, I don't really have, there were, you know, I wanted other people's careers. Like who? Because um, now... Kevin Spacey. Hmm. Um, I still want Kevin Spacey's career. Do you? You want to break the fourth wall and I want to talk be about to. being president? Yeah, I do want to do that. That's cool, right? That's, you know, I feel like if, if, if there's a, a way to endear yourself or make people identify with you, just look at the camera and go, watch what I do. Watch, watch this. Mm -hmm. And then turn around and, and do something. It, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to try that. Okay. But then he already did it. Yeah, but you could do it anyway if you wanted. I mean, no, I don't know that anyone would see I it. I could do it, and then they would just, yeah. Yeah, they'd go, well, he's just trying to be Do you know like what you Kevin could Spacey. do? You could look, but you could do it differently. You could look right in the camera and say, look at Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Watch what Kevin Spacey does now. What if I did that? What if I just stood by the, you know, in the room, in like the Oval Office, and was just like, watch what... Kevin Spacey's going to do right say, now. Well, and then he says, watch totally. what I'm going to do. I would actually go pitch that show with you tomorrow. I think that's a really good of, idea. The making of totally. House of Cards. Totally. I think you should do that. So we do this thing, and you can pretend that I didn't already text you 
this question. But I do have a little segment where I ask everyone, and if you have one, maybe you've never had an audition that didn't go the way you wanted it to. I've never had a bad audition. I know. So maybe you could make one up. Do you ever, like I remember one of my first auditions was I think for Jonathan Mark Sherman's play (laughs) at Playwrights Horizons and Daniel Swee was the casting director and I the nicest man in the world on the planet in show business and I would say that even not on the radio yeah but she's shaking her head like (laughs) and sticking her tongue out like despite what happened recently at Lincoln Center between me and Lincoln Center and I think it might have been the women in Wallace do you remember that title I don't know back in 1923 Mm -hmm. and I Love the play so much, and here was a writer like my age writing about characters my age, and it was totally thrilling. And I went in, and I, at some point in the scene, am meant to give a condom to the person that I'm talking to in the scene. And, you know, I had this whole idea of, like, going to take the prop out, and I was going to, like, look like, like, as if, like, having the actual condom would show them, like... Wow, she's really good. She's done her homework. She first of all, she brings her own props. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll save us. Brought her own rubber. Brought her own rubber. Um, how titillating! Yeah, <laughs> all of it. When I use that rubber, it's uh, first of all, even if she doesn't get it, we're going to ask her if maybe we could. Can we keep that? Can we do an improv? Can you leave that? But during the audition, for whatever reason, I was so excited and too nervous, I couldn't get it out of my pocket. It got stuck, and so I thought. In, in your. Or in your actual pocket. In my, in my <laughs> pocket. <laughs> China I, you pocket. Know I thought I was going to really, really go, you know, I was going to go to yes. a place that they hadn't seen. And I, and you put the, 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 the thing in your. Because that's the kind of actress I am. I'm telling you, man. My you parents, are committed. Bob and Helen Levine are going to be listening to this podcast. And I. They know what a. They is. I do. Least, I hope so. At least Helen does. It, anyway, so I couldn't get it out, and I did the audition, and I had to, like, go back. You would walk up the aisle past them to get to the door that yeah. exits the yeah. theater. And I got outside, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't use the condom. I didn't use the condom. And I was so obsessed with this that I walked back into— Always a mistake. <laughs> Never go back to an audition. You fucked up. Just get me back in that room. No. I walked back in, took the condom out of my pocket, and handed it to Daniel Swee, who just looked at me with complete pity, pity, and mostly dismay, probably dismay. And then I walked out, and and I wanted to go back in again. That's what he's thinking. Go back in again. Yeah, can I like, just... wait, I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. It's just God. I had the thing and the thing. And I think about those moments of of just wanting something so badly. I took a Klonopin once because <laughs> I was nervous. And I called a friend. I said, do you have any uh, uh, beta blockers? You know, because I used to remember, I think I discovered those. Yeah. I feel like in my circle of friends, I was like, hey, I, got, I have something that... If you get nervous, you can take this pill, and it will not and then affect you, performance. You, you, your your heart will won't be beating in your you in your teeth, so you can actually con- maybe concentrate on what you're saying. Right, I'm on one right now. I used <laughs> I, I use a suppository. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, a big giant beta blocker. So I shove it up my. That's um, a great idea. And in, in my you're yeah. obsessed. You're obsessed. Go with, on with. 
your sticking own. Sticking things in my, in my, in my, uh, I like it. Inside my body. Everyone's um, really a nine year old boy at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. So go on. So you're like, dude, you have oh, a Oh, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, and, and he, I, no, he said, I don't have anything like that. I have a clonopin. And I was like, what's a clonopin? And he said, it's a, it's an anti anxiety uh, uh, pill. And I said, yeah, bring it over. And, and I was at like a hotel uh, in Los Angeles. Were you about to screen test for, or not even a screen, one of those horrible tests where you, you're in the room with all these, you know, right. people. Right, a network and, test, a yeah, network test. Uh, the worst, the, maybe the worst thing to, whoever discovered that was a real asshole. It was me. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> me. It was me. Like, a, like how much, like just now they don't even do that anymore, right? No. They just, they put people on, on tape. I think, yeah. At With, worst, you're Skyping or something. Yeah, use mostly, a camera. Yes. Hey, I got an idea. Right. Let's actually shoot this thing. Because it's going to be a show be a, that yeah. is filmed. Do you remember what pilot it was? It was the Terry George thing. Terry George, who who's a great director, an Irishman who, uh, the name of the father, I believe he, he, he did, um, and it was a TV show that I can't remember the name of. And I had no business even getting past the first audition, but I had a good audition for right. Terry George. And he's like, he even said, he goes, I, you're, I, I don't know why, but they I'm going to bring you, I'm going to do the next one. I don't know yeah, why. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't I can't know why. Do yeah. All right. So he goes, I'm going to I'm gonna put you in the network. And probably just to give, you know, because they have who, to. Here's has who to we're be, not going to hire. Yeah. Here's the guy that's not going to get it <laughs> so that they can give it to the guy that Perfect. got it. He's so wrong. This and, guy is. He's so wrong. Right. And I took that pill and I went into that room and I had, I had whatever the opposite of inhibitions is. That's what I had. And I literally finished the audition with my arms up (laughs) with like, like Richard Nixon peace signs. And I was like, thank you, Los Angeles. I don't know what I said, what the last line was. And, and I looked at the audience the little group of people sitting there, I think Les Moonves was in that room and they all had their mouths hanging open, like just crickets, you know? And I, and I was like, I walked out, uh, you know, like Awful. dropped the mic and walked out and they were like, thank God. You're that's welcome, over. America. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I did that once. It was for Louis CK. It was his first, it was a, the first time he was going to do a TV show. You had told me about beta blockers and I was like, that sounds Amazing. I remember telling you about that. You did. But the other thing you told me to do was test it out first. Like before you use it for an audition. Oh, yeah, take a half of one. Take a half or maybe just go like go to Fairway and go grocery shopping. Just see how you can do. Just see what you are like. What does your body chemistry. Right. That's um, good advice. Yes. Great advice. However, for whatever reason, I didn't get round to it. Oh. And and here was the time for me to go in. And, uh, and similarly, I had gone in once and it had gone so well. And I was like, I don't want to get in my own way. They love me and I don't want my yeah. nerves because as yeah. I get closer to something and you sign the contract, like you will have $1 million if you do this job. Right. Um, I would try to sign those contracts, like with my eyes closed as if then I wouldn't be influenced by the I mean, what a bad idea. That's another bad thing. idea. Make them sign a six year contract before they go in for the audition. That's a good, whoever when thought of that is a real dickhead you too. you and I run the world, let me wow. tell you, things Just are going to be different. Bad moves. How to get a bad performance out of someone. I was so both excited and undone by the fact that I had ingested something by the way, took a whole one because they're teeny. Beta blockers are literally the teeniest pills I've I, ever seen. And in been. my mind, I was like, well, this is teeny. 
not understanding, like, this is teeny and 15 milligrams. Like, no idea. <laughs> so I go in, and I'm. it's almost like I'm eating the inside of my face off at the same time, which wow. is really pretty. That's, yeah. And I start. It's a good feeling. And I'm just, like, so excited that I'm trying this that I spend my entire reading telling them. I was like, you guys, I just have to stop. Can I tell you what I did right before? Can I tell you? I, can you guys tell? You crazy? <laughs> I was just I, so excited. I was like, I found the thing. I'm not nervous. I oh, feel oh, like you're we telling are. telling them about the pill. Oh, telling them the whole thing. I feel like we're colleagues. Oh, and you want to know why God. I'm not nervous? I just took this thing. Do you guys know about beta blockers? And I am literally stopping my own audition because I'm like, can I tell you something? I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Not Thank sweating. you very much. Thank you, Miss. Thank you very much. And I'm like, Louis C.K., if anyone's like you and me, right? Like, do you want one? Now I'm like trying to sell them. Like, oh. I got a bag full and I will sell them to each of you. I feel bad for the people in that room. I do too. I feel bad for me. I don't feel bad for you. You, you, you. It worked out. You, you deserve what you got. <laughs> I, just... I, I had an audition once where the guy changed, well, the person I was auditioning for changed into a tuxedo. <laughs> I was at Circle in the Square. Because and I was you doing were some... such an elegant actor. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> they were like, I look out there. I was on the stage. And if, that for those that don't know, Circle in the Square is just that. It's the theater in the round. And the stage is sort of below the audience. So you're looking down to the stage, or at least in that configuration. And this guy, this casting director said, okay, go ahead. And, um, you know, you did do some speech from something, play, I don't know. And I'm doing the thing and I'm looking out. And I see some sort of movement in the dark, but I can't quite, you know, and, and then I see and then the guy well, takes his <laughs> pants off and then he and then he grabs something, you know, a, a coat hanger or a garment bag and Gives pulls out a bunch of other clothes and, and put, pulls his put a different pair of pants on and shoes and thing. And then the tie and literally goes, uh, OK, that's it. OK, great. Thanks. Come on. I'll walk out with you. And he's in a tuxedo. I was like, what? Uh, it, yeah, that was a, that, uh, clearly I made a gigantic impression on him. Well, I have a story All right. that is an audition story, if that's what you want. I, I have the I best. I hadn't lived here very long. I was, I was staying at my sister's apartment on the Upper East Side and because um, I didn't have any money to you know, pay my own rent. And she was, I, I was sort of living, out, I was out at night and she was up early in the morning. So she had gone off to work and I got a call from my manager and he said, there's a Sylvester Stallone movie that they want to read you for, but you're too Irish looking. I'm worried about this and I want you to dye your hair. So I, I said, okay, what color? What? And he goes, black, dummy. So I said, okay. And he goes, go down to the drugstore and get one of those things and dye your hair. The audition's in an hour and 20 minutes. It's, it's, a, it's like July 13th. It's 400 degrees. It's Manhattan. You know, it's a horrible, humid summer day in Manhattan. I go down to the Dwayne Reed or whatever it was, get the stuff, come back, and I and I notice that some guys digging a trench in the street, out in front of her apartment, and um, go in upstairs, uh, put the shit in my hair, which is you know like black syrup, if, and, and you know if you ever see this stuff, and and they, and you put it in there, and you're supposed to leave it in there for a while, and you have these little gloves that mm -hmm. that are the size of a small woman's hand, right. And those and your you put proctologist them, yeah, gloves. You put them on little, yeah, tiny little plastic gloves that you put on, and they tear. And so you've got this shit all over your hands. And then you're supposed to. There's a little plastic bonnet that you put on. <laughs> and I remember this because my mother used to dye her own hair back in the day, you know, at home, and she'd walk around with this plastic little little cap on, little see-through thing. So I had that on 
for the requisite time. And I'm looking, you know, learning my lines and, and be, I'm being nervous because, right? you know, they didn't, I didn't have beta blockers then. So no. I was just a nervous idiot with, with this shit in my hair and this little plastic cap on my head. And then I like, you know, 10 minutes goes by, whatever. And then I, okay, time to get this stuff off. And I turn the water on and the water goes, you know, the, that noise where there's no water in the pipes. And I was like, what? And I realized it's the guys in the street. They've, they've, they shut the water off because they're digging a trench in the street. And so I run to the other end of the apartment, throw the window open. And I'm like, you know, shirtless with this plastic hood on my head and this shit rolling down my ears. I'd be like, uh, hey, fellas, uh, when can I expect to have the water turned back on? And they're like, tomorrow, Agnes. And, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And there's no water. So I, so I, I go into the refrigerator. And um, first of all, I'm thinking I stick my head in the toilet and I wasn't that desperate. Right. And I, uh, and I thought, oh, I gotta, uh, 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 there's going to be water. Maybe there's water in the fridge or something. So there was, there was like a, you know, a plastic bottle of water. I take off all my clothes. I pour the water on myself in the bathtub. And now it's just thinned this stuff out enough so that it's all over my body. And it's still, you know, it's still like paste in my hair. <laughs> and as I get out of the thing, go back and there's a jogger's bottle of water. So I squirt that on my, and then, and then I like a bottle of seltzer. And then I have enough, and I go, and I'm like, hey, this isn't going to work. I go, my sister's laundry quarters is all, there's like a little cup full, put on my clothes, run down to that store, get a couple of bottles of water, come back in and, you know, little liter bottles of Evian and get back in the tub. Get this stuff just off of my head area. I don't care if it was all over my body. I was just going to put on long sleeves and button the shirt all the way up. In anyway, July. In, in July, July, of course. <laughs> so I do that and I get it just off. I'm standing in the tub looking over the by the sink because, you know, the mirror above the sink so that I can just see myself enough to know that I don't have it on my head. So I get it off of my head, but it's still my it's still literally <laughs> dripping down my sides, the sides of my head. And. I go to the audition and the audition, if I could only remember this casting director's name, she was crazy and she would get into it. She was literally like, and it was, the scene was Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> brother. Okay. Who was the, the, the sort of ne'er-do-well brother that he, Sly is always having to get out of a jam. This jam was that I had borrowed some money from some loan shark or something. And this guy was going to publicly humiliate me by making me give him a make me give him a what <laughs> doesn't so, kill us makes us stronger right, right. so i so i'm i'm doing this scene for the casting director and and i don't know some other people and uh i got this shit dripping down the sides of my head i'm literally like i got like a nervous tick like <laughs> keep wiping my ears and my side my and 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 this woman is playing the part of the gangster and I'm and she's coming around the desk and she's standing in front of me and I'm dropped to my knees like, no, don't make me do it, Charlie. Don't make or whatever. And she's going, you, I'm going to you're going to do it. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever the lines were. And I and I, I remember having a distinct out of body experience. I, I flew up to the corner of the of the room and I looked down on myself, you know, Holding the script, wiping the thick the shit off of my hair and my my ears, this woman <laughs> pretending to be a gangster 
telling me to give her a b <laughs> and I and I was just like, wow, this is a what a weird day. That's all I could think. I was like, this is this is this is very weird. And uh, and then and then I got up and left, and I uh, I did not get the. What was they the never made the movie. What was the feedback? <laughs> the movie was, it, it, I mean, the feedback was uh, that I was too Irish. Literally, that was the, like, they, they, they it went well. They, they were like, it went pretty well. They just, they don't believe that you're going to be Sylvester Stallone's brother. And that movie turned out to be Rocky Three. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, John Slattery, star of Mad Men and Rocky Three, for joining me on two episodes of Little Known Facts. I'm your host, Alana Levine, and I thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Clouds can make the wind blow, bugs can make the grass grow, so there you go. These are Little Known Facts that now you know. Hey, I'm Alana Levine. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review our show in the iTunes show page. Little Known Facts is recorded at the Hangar Studios in New York City. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.